37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. Episode 231 of Pixelated Paranormal. This is a continuation of episode 230, so there's not much of a need for an introduction. Now, before we get into it, I do want to drop another disclaimer. Just like last time, I want to say that we need to drop a trigger warning. Uh, The following episode does contain sensitive topics like death and other things that could be considered graphic and offensive. Now, the names have been withheld from these stories to keep the anonymity of those involved. And as always, people like us use comedy as a coping mechanism. So please forgive any crude jokes or things that may be viewed in bad taste. As you know, Stephen and the people involved in his stories may use comedy as a way to get through some of the things they encounter. Otherwise, we hope you guys enjoy part two of the interview with Stephen about being a mortuary driver. And I want to thank everybody so far for the very, very kind words and interest in the previous episode 230. And with no further ado, here is part two. Well, my next question, Steve, uh, since uh, you you talk about the pee and shit hoarder is... um the smell so um you know if you pick up a body and it's a little bit on the ripe side um does that still get to you or have you gotten used to the smells so smell is subjective just like Mm -hmm. humor um everybody has a different tolerance of smell first off there's no fucking smell that will ever be worse than that pee and shit order oh man terrible um (laughs) an average body that dies within like the first day, like a body can lay there for the day. And depending on, well, depending on the condition and if it's hot, if it's cold, room temp, etc. cetera. Um, usually what you're going to smell is piss or shit. Um, but like, not like hoarded, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a different type of piss and shit smell. <laughs> you're like, you know, like when, a, when your toddler or a baby pisses in a diaper or has an accident you smell the pee or, you know, same with the poop. So, the smell of a body, like, don't really smell it too often. But when you pick up a decomp body, a decomposition, mm-hmm. yes, you will smell things. And you have to drive in a van with that body, sometimes an hour away. <laughs> right. So, yeah, of course, of course, the smell bothers me. Um, used to smell, you'll never get used to a decomposition, period. Um, we, take, we take this time of year, uh, we love it. Because yeah, the dude. decomping doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> that often. I mean, literally, the world is an ice box. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you it's know? really cold and and uh, it doesn't get too hot, and too too humid. Uh, and in the winter, people stay inside. They check on people. They're more yeah. accessible to the to the prying eyes of their loved ones and friends and the public. So, in the summer, um, a lot of people like to seclude, and it's too damn hot. I don't want to go out. And yeah, then, yeah, you know, so. Um, smell still does, does get to me on decomposition, but like just regular, ah, that's good. Just another thing. Keep Um, in mind, for 15 years I worked with, with bad hygiene and accidents, you know, pew, stuff like that. So like, it's, it's just another thing. That's not a big deal. 
And you know what's um, what's funny? I will say you guys do keep those vans clean because you talk about you know like. Being are you clean. fucking? Uh, are you trolling me? No, 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 no. Okay, okay. Uh, no. <laughs> you one know about my, that though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one okay. of my one of my my favorite memories so far, and I mean, I don't ride shotgun with you ever, but like, I was thinking about this earlier. A really funny memory I have is like, you know, you got me into collecting vinyl, you and Preston, you know, and. I remember we went to the record store here in town because Paranormal Egg Experience, which is a really badass food truck mm-hmm. here, um, was going to be there. So we ran over to look at some records, got breakfast, and you're like, fuck it. You want to eat in the van? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just remember sitting there like, I'm not sure what fucking universe we live in and what like the alternate dimension me is doing right now, but I'm literally eating a Bigfoot burrito and, you know, paranormal-themed tater tots in a fucking mortuary van. <laughs> yeah. But I you're mean, right. The tots I mean, are good. They are. They're hella good, man. Um, shout out to Paranormal Experience. For sure. a really bizarre episode of our show that they're probably like, hmm, maybe, maybe not a shout out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah, I didn't think about it. But, yeah, the van is super clean, man. I can, I can attest there are no funky smells. Yeah. And what I mean by the trolling is that... Um... My boss is very particular about the way he wants things done, mm-hmm. considering to the to the vehicles, for good reason. You want to have a good yeah, image. Yeah. You want to have cleanliness and stuff like that. But sometimes you can get a little overbearing on how many times we got to wash that fucking thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought you were going to, and I complained about it. So no, I'm no, like, are no. you trolling me? <laughs> no, not at all. We but, live in that shit, dude. And Preston and I's job, we clean shit to the point where like we're literally cleaning the surface off of these, some of the tables. So <laughs> yeah, no all good, man, we get it. We get it. And of For course, sure. like take pride in that because I'm sure in that type of job, like it could be easy to be just like, fuck it. Yeah. I washed it. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, you don't want to pull up and somebody walk out to ask you a question and look in the back of the van and be like, ew, this is where you take my grandpa. <laughs> yeah. True that. And then, uh, do you help with uh, preparing the body, or uh, is it more of a pickup only sort of thing? Like, what what all does your job really entail? So, like for me, um, you know, I have my phone on. I get a text. The text will say what funeral home it is, person's name, where they're at, what they want done, and any kind of details. Their weight, is there tight spaces, are they COVID, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, anything we need to know, and a contact number for either the nurse. Or the officer, uh, and if they're at the hospital, we don't need a contact number because it's a hospital. So um, with that, you go pick up the person, take them where they need to go, whether that's crematory, sometimes direct delivery to funeral home, um, or embalming. Embalming, yes, I do pull the person out, get them out of their bag, get them out of uh, the clothes, you know, prep them with um, the these like spacers to like prop their arms up. So when they lay in the casket, uh, there's no marks and they're basically getting their body to form fit for when you, um, light of a better word, drain the person to put the embalming fluid in. Uh, it's an, it's so their arms are better when they lay in the cam. I mean, everybody's seen a person in the casket. So, you know, what you know, you know, you know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. help, help with that. Um, because we are a small company, we all do everything. So I've helped with cremations. I, um, not so much like actually pushing the button because you have to be a crematory, crematory license operator to do that, like to operate the machine. Mm-hmm. But I've helped with the process of um, 
I'm not a crematory operator, so I don't know the technical terms, but basically use this tool to scrape the bottom of the retort to get all, every single piece of the individual's cremains out into this pan to be processed through a machine Mm -hmm. that turns it to fine, to turns it to fine dust. Um, so, so stuff like that. Um, sometimes when you're crematory, when they're in there, it's burning, it's very hot. You have to position turn slash turn slash position Mm -hmm. an individual so then then they cremate um more evenly well (laughs) (laughs) i'll cut that part yeah (laughs) no you can leave it it's pretty funny uh so yeah like so yeah man i i do everything um we always tagging bodies because like i don't know this person i've never seen him before yeah how am i gonna know what they are so it's very important to for identification um Everything, man. I mean, I've helped prep a body for viewing. Sometimes we do viewings at the crematory. Uh, I wash vans. <laughs> <laughs> you wear a lot of hats is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of those things where they're like, so Steve, what do you do here? And you're just like, what don't I do here? Uh, some other things I do is like I, re- I remove pacemakers from an individual. Yeah. That's kind of weird. Yeah. That's scalpel, mm-hmm. scalpel and uh I mean, they're connected usually by two to three wires, and you just yank them out. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah, it's, um, it's still weird every time I do it. That's, that's I probably didn't know one of the you only. Did that. That's wild. Yeah, because if you put a person in with a, uh, people have a lot of shit in them, uh-huh. especially the older people. So uh-huh. stints or not stints, but like rods and springs and fucking staple, all kinds of weird shit. Hardware, yeah. Um, piece of bullet (laughs) it's crazy um so obviously some of that stuff doesn't doesn't burn um so we have to put in this processor we have to use this magnet and magnets how the fuck do they work use this magnet and like you do this like crushing method and it picks up all these little small things and sometimes you'll get like full big pieces out of there so uh you never want a pacemaker to go in there because a pacemaker the metal that's in there will melt and the way it melts it turns in these little bitty, like hard little BB, like BBs. Yeah, yeah. And they go everywhere, and it can damage the cement that's that's uh, the brick that's inside of there. To keep that handles the handles the heat and shit. Interesting. So, yeah. Can a pacemaker explode too? I mean, if it gets hot enough. Like out of a person. No, that's yeah, that's what it does. Okay, it like gets, an exploding it, cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, it, it cooks inside of the, the pacemaker and it explodes with all them balls. And then when and as soon as that metal hits that fire, it turns into them balls. Jesus. Yeah, mm. it's crazy. I know, uh, you know, like when with Dad, we actually had to wait for the technician to come and shut off the pacemaker because they're like, if we do anything else, like the minute he flatlines, like the pacemaker is going to register and shock him back to life. Oh, my God. Like... It could yeah. even, after he's dead, if, like, the wiring gets messed up. So he could actually be on the way to, the you know, the mortuary and, like, a signal or whatever could hit it, turn it back mm-hmm. on, and, like, shock him back to life. So, the, I mean, they're really super particular about things like that. Wow. Uh, like any type of medical device, yeah. Huh. So. For sure. Interesting. And, I thought, you know, the preparation of the body, I always thought that that was really interesting because... Um, you know, everybody I've known who's passed away, like we've always had them embalmed and they, they, you know, they look different. 
Um, and I think that for me always kind of helps with the grieving process because then when you got to go to a funeral and you're looking at them, like technically that's, that doesn't look like them. Um, mm-hmm. they look like a different person. So you're just like, yeah. well, fuck. I mean, that's, that's not dad in the coffin. That's, I don't know what the fuck that is, but cool. Let's get this over with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, my aunt chose not to get embalmed, um, at yeah, all. Direct, direct burial. Yeah, so uh, when she had passed, um, she had already prepaid for her funeral and prepaid for, like, all the services and everything. And so being, like, the power of attorney, like, you know, I had to be the one to, like, go sign off on this and go sign off on that. Mm -hmm. And so we were waiting for my cousin to get in town from Arizona. And the guy at the funeral home was like, "Um, she only paid for, like, two days of refrigeration. I'm like, listen... Can you just like how much is it gonna be? Because I'll write you a check right now. Like I, I have family coming in out of town. Can like we figure this out? And ended up it was gonna be like an extra day. So he's like, I won't charge you guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, whatever Ken was like, just like dude, I want to be able to tell Aunt Janet goodbye. And he's like, well, technically she didn't pay for a viewing, so you guys can't do it. And so because the guy had told Ken no. He was like, fuck that. And so he wouldn't <laughs> let it go. And he just kept going at it, going at it. So finally, because Ken and I were both like powers of attorney, like after everybody left, he opened up the casket um, at the cemetery. And she she just looked normal. Like it was, it was such a weird yep. contrast huh. that <laughs> not being involved in how the body looks. But then like the wind, that cold October wind, would pick up and you would get a whiff of old hand Janet. Awesome. Awesome. We're done here. I'm like, I just, Great. Yeah, that's, that's Janet. Uh, we said goodbye. Let's go ahead and close Damn the cast and get the Janet. fuck out of here. <laughs> now, a couple things that you're talking about. First off, we'll talk about the funeral home after we get off the air. Fuck that. Like that is, we'll, we'll get into a little bit after, uh, how have you changed the, the bottom there's a question that I'll get into this more, but funeral homes cut a lot of corners, yeah. and that's just laziness. They could have easily had that. When a person passes away, they don't need to be embalmed to have a viewing. If you want to see your loved one with their mouth wide open, looking the way that they picked them up off the floor, just a little bit dehydrated from the cooling, you can do that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, you just have to be adamant, and you have to tell the funeral director like, "This is what I want." Um, Oh man! Uh, and you, you know so, to back to, to back that up, like so, um, there there's the, the town that Janet and Dad were buried in is a small town. So mm-hmm. there's two funeral homes, and the one that Dad went to, um, you know, shout out to him. Um, he was like really awesome about it. Like the process was really easy, and so when we asked, like even though we weren't paying for like a, a public viewing. Um, when he had called, called us back, um, I forget what we had to go back in for. Um, but he's like, you know, Hey, I, I got your dad in the casket. I got him prepared. I mean, if it's just you guys, you just want to go ahead and say goodbye real quick. Like for him, it wasn't an issue. And, um, you know, this winter we went in to go check and see if the headstone had been placed and it hadn't. But that funeral home had went to every person that they buried that year and put a Christmas reef um, over the temporary markers. But then you go to the other funeral home, and the guy's like, well, fuck, you guys didn't fucking pay for that. I don't think so. That's not allowed. And I'm yeah. just like, what the fuck? Yeah, and you'll you'll run into that. I mean, every funeral home's different. Every funeral director's different. Yeah. It's just like it's just like when you go to uh, 
Um, you go to your bank and you say, you know, something happened to your account. Maybe you got scammed and you just need that $50 back they scammed you out of. The bank can clearly tell you you've been scammed. Or maybe you had an overdraft fee. And you explain to the bank teller your situation. Stroke of a fucking button. They have that power to do that. Yeah, right. It's just whether they want to do that or not. It's the same way in the funeral business. Charging someone to see their to see their loved one. I mean, I can understand a big service that takes time out of your day. You got to plan it. You got to hire the staff. But if you're doing a viewing in a room, come on, come on. Yeah, it's so disrespectful, so ridiculous. Right. But yeah, that's why. Like, I get my balls busted all the time for. Oh, here's old man Sean. He wants to fucking go into the bank and talk to the teller. Or, you know, he wants to go fucking cash his dinner ticket at the fucking register instead of paying at the table. Like, I am my father's son, and I do find that a lot of times being polite to people and talking and having that one-on-one gets you a lot farther and sometimes gets you a little bit more than, like, just flying off the handle and just, you know, just going ape shit on people for no reason. Like... Yep. I always, you always ask, you're always polite the first time, but like my father, I'm pretty cool, calm and collected, easygoing. I don't want to have to tell you, just, I'll ask you, I'll be polite, but like when I do become a dick, I make up for every time I wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. you know, but, um, funny thing about my dad real quick, um, has nothing to do with death. But for an example as to why it pays to talk to people, we went to this fish truck. There's this really cool um, food truck that comes to uh, Derby quite a bit. I think it's called like Off the Hook or On the Hook. Little fried fish and chips truck. We go there once a month with mom and dad, Shayla and I do. And like my dad and I got in the car, drove up there to get food. We roll up and these ladies are walking back from the truck and they're like, guys, they shut down early. Their fryer's broke. And we're like, shit, really? And they said, yeah. And then like, like, what the fuck? Another couple, uh, another couple walks by. Yeah, guys, the fryers went down. They're out of food. They got to leave early. All right. Well, my dad's like, eh, hold on a sec. He walks over and he's like, boys out of fish. And they're like, yeah, fryers went down. We couldn't finish frying up everything. And, uh, boss told us to cut it an hour early and, you know, move on to the next city and get the truck fixed. My dad's like, all right, well, where are you guys headed? Just shooting the shit. Cause my dad, my dad loves people. And then the guy looks over and sees my, uh, Pac-Man tattoo and he's like, shit, is that a Pac-Man tattoo? And I was like, oh, yeah, man, check it out. And my dad's like, well, hell, show him the rest of it. So, like, I pull up my sleeve and show him the video game tattoo. And then the other guy leans his head out the window. Holy shit, that Mario's badass. And the guys kind of, like, whisper for a second. And then the guy's like, here, take this. And it was like, I don't know, like 12 pieces of fish that just came out of the fryer. And my dad's like, what's this? And he says, well... The, the fish came out of the fryer right before it broke down. We just couldn't cook any fries. And so we just, we were told to shut down and go early. So the guy's like, here, just take this. And my dad's like, well, now let me give you a little bit of money here. And the guy's like, no, you guys are cool as hell. It's really nice talking to you. Take all this fish. That's awesome. <laughs> and my dad's like, you know, they could have given that fish to anybody else. But, you know, that's why sometimes it pays just to be nice. <laughs> so what happened is that you, you Tommy Boyd him. <laughs> right no shit <laughs> let me tell you why i suck as a salesman <laughs> yeah, let me no tell you shit. something how about i go turn on that fryer for it and get you them wings <laughs> <laughs> with the uh, you know the talking death series that we're doing some of the books that i've read 
Um, you know, I've come across like where ambulance drivers, um, when somebody dies in the ambulance, um, and they, you know, they're in the process of transporting the body, they talk about how like there's a light phenomenon where like they'll see kind of like a light glow or this ambient light that they really can't find out like what the source is, but the, the inside of the ambulance kind of gets brighter for a second or they experience like a t- change in temperature when they're hauling the dead body. So what you got, bro? You got any good stories? Well, I mean, with this being a paranormal podcast, I'd love to tell you that I've, yeah, I've experienced it all. I've not. <laughs> I mean, and that could be because I've never experienced anything paranormal. Um, but it also could be just the fact that, um, you know, I pick up a person after they've been gone for a while. Yeah. I, the f- freshest body I've picked up, may- maybe an hour, if that. So, like... I don't know. It depends what you want to believe, what you want to believe. Um, that person could already be gone. They, I mean, the person is already gone. Um, you know, they're that, they're a husk at that point. It's it's a cadaver. It's it's a body. Yeah. You know, their soul's gone. Whoever whoever they were, what they stood for, how they talked, how they ate, everything, everything. Who they were as a person, gone. You know what I mean? Life, life, not there. I've never experienced anything. I would love to. Maybe not when I'm driving. I don't want to fucking die. <laughs> oh, but no. you rolled <laughs> in. <laughs> Fuck. Have you heard like the gurgles and stuff like that? Like if you heard oh, like, yeah, a all, death all the time. Yeah, all I bet the time. so. I bet so, man. Well, what's something that you learned about this business that maybe people don't know, or maybe you didn't know? Uh, so to piggyback off what President was saying earlier is the funeral homes and. Some of them, the laziness, some of them, the, the, the shadiness, like it, there's so many ways to go about, I mean, like, like we said, it, it's profitable. Funerals are extremely profitable. The debt is sure. extremely profitable. Um, so just learning the ins and outs of that, it's more of like a, every business, every big business, big profession is corrupt in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in a, a, a country that's, you know. Loves its capital, capitalization or whatever the fuck it uh-huh. is. What do you call it? Um, you know, making money all the time. So that's that's one thing. I won't get into specifics, you know, because I don't want to talk bad about it in the funeral homes because sure, there are sure. great people that work there. But, I mean, it's, it's just a business and, and it sucks. Um, something learned about the business, sense of humor. Like I said before, a lot of people have very twisted sense of humor, which I've always had a twisted sense of humor. And it's cool to be around similar people, uh-huh. people, especially in this time in our world, you know, where comedy is very subjective um, and it's not protected like it used to be. Mm-hmm. So to be protected around people that have that sense of humor, it's pretty awesome. Um, control <laughs> issues. Uh-huh. Sure. Um, it's a, a lot of that. Um, the one thing you can't control in life is your death. It's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. You ain't going to live forever. So a lot of people have control issues and mix that with the irritability, the lack of sleep. It can be kind of brutal sometimes. But with that, to counterbalance that, you let shit go easier mm-hmm. uh, with your coworkers and other funeral homes to to a degree. You know, I kind of reset the day. But every time I drive by, I'm like, motherfucker. But like, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it – uh, it's just one of the things like, you know, it's just a lot of people have control issues, you know, including myself. Sure. Um, sure. 
lack of sleep, that's the thing is people might not know is that when you don't get sleep, it does affect your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, unfortunately, I had to go to the hospital last week um, from a blockage. Um, mm-hmm. And that's because of medicines and uh, dehy- I mean, dehydration shit. I mean, like yeah, sure. I, I drink so much fucking water, but because of the medicines and the, the activities I do, uh, it's not enough, you know. Yeah. So, so like that, it takes a toll on your body, especially with like lifting and stuff. Um, and the, the one thing is the donation, the donation process. Uh, when you go to the DMV, they ask you if you want to be a donor. Mm-hmm. A lot of people just say, oh, yeah, I'll do, fuck, I'm dead. What do I care for what they use? Um, you know, depending on your culture, what you believe in, too, you know. But the donation process is really cool. Um, I pick our company has a contract with uh, Midwest Transplant Network, mm-hmm. which is in Kansas City. Um, and I think they have one in Topeka, maybe. But we always do the Kansas City one which is the tissue suite. Uh, we'll take an individual up there. We could pick them up at a hospital, could pick them up from a corner, um, sometimes a funeral home, and deliver them to Kansas City up there. And then that's where they harvest tissue, bones, organs, eyes, penis. Oh, I've heard that. Whoa, um, really? Yeah, like uh, colons. Yeah, it's weird, man. Anything. Yeah. A human body is a money machine. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, just not I too long so. ago. Yeah. Well, Jerry, too- we got good news for you. We found yeah. you a slightly used asshole. It'll yeah. be here tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> slightly yeah. used asshole. Uh, like, just, just for, like, example, uh, not too long ago in a, in a surrounding city, there was a murder-suicide uh, of two younger people. Uh-huh. And the, the the murdered victim was very young, 24, 25. And that's that's a viable body. For donation so it's very important to get a younger person because they like i said they don't pass away at that time oh, so sure. their body is extremely valuable not just from a money sense but for organs and you know benefiting someone yeah, else's yeah, life yeah right right and just like that that stuff times out like you know your, your body even though your body shut down and ceases to function some of your organs are still cool so think of it like uh, you have a thermos cup and you have water in there, some ice from the morning. By the time the noon rolls around, the ice will be less, but, you know, it'll still be cold. Yeah. That type of thing. So that some of the organs still work, you know, not work, but like they're in dormant, they're chilling. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. They're still. So like someone, viable. some, someone like that individual that young, um, if that body times out, it's a big deal, a big deal, like fireable. Um, oh wow! Suable. Uh-huh. You could be held liable, and a body like that could go anywhere from five hundred thousand to a million dollars. Because you know, you think about how expensive med- medicine is, and mm-hmm. like surgeries and donations and transplants, and yeah, it's crazy. Wow. Yeah. So, that's the sad part is the the monetization of the medical industry in that aspect, yeah. you know, and profiting through medicine. And I'm not trying to bad mouth, you know doctors and, and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, that's a realization that we have to look at is. Well, we can bad mouth insurance companies and big pharma. Fuck yeah, all them. Fuck them. <laughs> so, uh, another thing I learned is, is that we are going, we are going in a direction in our world. Embalming is becoming less and less and less. Huh. Um, cremation is on an all time rise. And, uh, usually it's because of economic reasons. Oh, sure. Um, sure. 
Yeah, and uh, but like it's crazy because it's actually a good thing because a lot of people don't want to do work these days. Even people who have the education, who went to school for it. There's a couple funeral homes around the area that have nine people who are certified to embalm. And they have, and only one of them does embalmings. Really? Wow. Yep. Because people just don't want to embalm. It's, it, it, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's time consuming. It's gross, uh-huh. you know, like, um, but you know, like it has to be done. And some people like it's an art, you know, like I've seen really shitty embalmings and I've seen really, really good ones. <laughs> and, uh, luckily my boss is, he's like got a reputation of being extremely pretend to detail mm-hmm. and, you know, embalming good and stuff like that. So it's just interesting to see that like everybody wants to be a funeral director and meet with families, but nobody wants to get their hands dirty, so to speak. So seeing that from, the, I mean, cause like think about it, it's like, Death and funerals are so awkward. Mm-hmm. You don't like going to them because most time you go to them, it's for somebody you cared about. And it's going to make right, you sad. Right. So when you, when you go into a funeral home with no attachment, you, it makes you look at things differently. You notice things differently. You see the inner, inner polit- politics of the place, you know, in the, in the industry. It's really fucking in- interesting. Damn. So yeah, that's some of the things that people might not know. <laughs> Well, what's interesting too about cremation is I remember, oh, it's been a little over a year ago, the effects of cremation, I'm not trying to be all hippy-dippy and, you know, new age, but the process of cremation I think we'll see evolve as well because of the effects it has on air quality. You know, in Do you California- think like, I think they're going to have like a machine like Back to the Future 2 where you put that little pizza in, where you just like put the body in there, hit the button, and then just zap. <laughs> just ding. Dehydrated. <laughs> well, like what I'm saying is, you know, in, in January of 2021, I believe, um, something interesting happened in California because of the amount of deaths with coronavirus on top of just natural deaths. The um, agency that regulates air quality control had to put the kibosh and limit the number of cremations California was allowed to do. And at one point I believe they had to pause the embalming, mm-hmm. not embalming um, cremations because the sheer amount of bodies being, you know, burned uh, yeah. was polluting. The gases and Yeah, the gases and... and the smoke was polluting the air to a point where they're like, hey, but think about that. We got to stop. It's even, craz- it's even crazier is that that's even during – California got California, New York obviously got hit really hard with COVID stuff. Sure. Um, and they were very strict on their quarantine processes and uh-huh. isolations like that. So with that, traffic stopped. You know what I mean? Like cars yeah. became yeah. like the people still drive, of course, but like it became like a lot of cars. It was a lot less carbon monoxide out there, cars running. Yeah. So so to even have like a worse air quality when that's down, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that is. Because usually, like a lot of other places, the air quality was better because less people, like somewhere like Seattle. Seattle, the air quality probably got better because people weren't driving, you know what I mean? Staying mm-hmm. in where they need to. They're more liberal. They're going to follow the follow the rules, so to speak. Uh, <laughs> so, wow. you know, they're like, they're going to, you, you know what I mean? Like they're uh-huh. going to, they're more like, you know, the type of people that pay attention to, uh, global warming and you know mm-hmm. caring about that type of stuff so and and following 
following what the, what the mandates were. Yeah, yeah, sure. Stay at home, only use your vehicle if you need to, stuff like that. Yeah. Whereas other places, the people don't give a shit. Their quality still stayed like shit. It's just really, it's interesting that you brought that up, especially yeah. with the cremations. Anyone ever thought of that? Yeah, yeah. They put them on like a 10-day um, restriction where they can only, you know, cremate so many bodies each day just because it was just beginning to affect the quality of air that would be in such a way it would be harmful for people in the area. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll finish her off with one more question, Steve, um, before we cool. end the episode. And I just want to ask, like, what's changed or how have you changed your view on, you know, death and life as well uh, over this last year as you've been, you know, doing this profession? Well, like, I, uh, I mean, changing your view on death, I think that's kind of hard to do. Uh-huh. And, and because, like, I'm, I mean, it depends if a person's afraid to die or not afraid to die. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of death. So, like, it's natural. It's going to happen. Um, you ain't going to see it coming majority of the time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, unless, you know, it's the end stages of, of a person's life. But. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of it. So, and being around it now that I've been around so many bodies and death, like it's not a bit, it's not a big deal to me, but what it did is like, this job gave me life. Mm-hmm. I got a hand, hands down. It's improved my mental health. It's improved, uh, my, not all my relationships, but a lot of my relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also, it's, it's a, a pro and a con, uh, when I mean by that it, with the relationships is that like I met my girlfriend while doing this job yeah um, and you know we're doing really well and uh, it's become more patient with her and her son you know looking at things differently um, but like on the same same thing is like when you someone like me who puts so much effort and thought into friendships because I don't have fam a good family system mm-hmm. um, feeling isolated from friendships, not having time, um, seeing the things I see, even though I don't compartmentalize it, I don't obsess about it. I don't think about it all the time, but like it's sometimes it's hard to process what you're seeing. And then that leads to anger and frustration mm-hmm. and irritability. And then like, you don't want to take it out on your friends and the relationships of your friends or people close to you. You feel like they don't give a shit because, you know, I'll have somebody that I used to talk to on a daily basis message me about something. And I'm like, what the fuck is the point of that? Like, <laughs> sure. I, sure. What you're, what you're writing about, what you're, what you're upset about. It's nothing compared to like, you know, I went to this person's house and saw this and this and this. Like, and it's weird because everybody goes through their own shit, you know. Sure. And it's just it it makes me look at conversations, relationships, every everything different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've drifted away from a lot of a lot of people, um, and that's just because of everything going on in our society, politics, every, everything. I mean, we're getting att- everybody's getting attacked by all sides, um, you know, all the time from mental health to. Physical health I and mean, everything, dude, you know, like, yeah, sure. So seeing this job, it's, it's gave me more life. I've looked at, I've, I look at everything differently all the mm-hmm. time. Um, it's improved my life. Like I said, I go on a lot more trips, uh, and get away type of stuff. We're going on a, uh, 
We're going on a cruise on, let's go here. Let's go, let's go. We're going uh, March 21st or 20th through the, or no, yeah, April 21st, sorry, April 20th through the 24th or something like that. So it'll be pretty cool to go on that. I, I'm so goddamn stoked for it. <laughs> I bet, man. So yeah, it's it's cool to be able to work a good job. Um, I think I'm paid pretty well. Um, we're at a weird time right now with jobs and how much people think they should be paid. Mm-hmm. What what is good to be paid? What is not good to be paid? I'm happy with what I get paid. It's the most I've ever made at a job. I don't have education other than high school and you know the internet research. Uh, you know, like <laughs> oh, I don't I don't have a degree type of shit. You know what I'm saying? So like this is what I do and it's a job that needs to be done. Yeah. And yeah, true. You know, I, I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I work sometimes I'll have 18 calls in a day. Sometimes I'll only have two. You take it with it where it goes. Like tomorrow I wake up, uh, I have to be there eight o'clock for deliveries. And then I work and we just switch our schedules and it's fucking amazing. So tomorrow my schedule is eight in the morning to, um, five, 5 PM. I'm, I'm in charge of calls. So every single call I go on, if and then the next day, I won't have the first call van. I'll be backup. So I only do house calls and whatever else needs to be done for the day. Nice. So it's like, it's really laid back. You know, we get to come and go as we want. You know, it's, it's, it's really, it's really cool. Hell yeah. Dude. It's very, very unique job. And I appreciate you guys uh, asking about it, listening and listeners listening to me talk about it. I hope I didn't, uh, offend anybody piss anybody off type of thing but <laughs> only only piss uh, shit hoarders i think you know, you know yeah 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 um something that i i really enjoy hearing about with your job is you've always been fascinated by war since i've known you and like and hi- i should say history you've always been fascinated by the history of you know depends on the war the what we got going on now fuck that <laughs> no yeah 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 without but, a doubt but mainly World War, mainly World War Two. Right, right. Um, I, I'm very obsessed with the history on that, like tenfold. Yeah. So, but yeah, go ahead. Well, you've you've told us stories um, about how like you've gone to you know pick up the deceased, and then you'll meet somebody who like maybe their wife has passed away, and it'll be like a World War Two veteran, and yeah. that's what's cool that I I know you outside of you know the podcast, and I've known you uh, as long longer than you know most of our mutual friends and you've always had such a rapport with people but it's it's so cool to hear you you know use that on these calls and take a moment oh God. to reach yeah. you know somebody and make a connection with somebody and you're not just there to pick up you know the deceased and move them away like you make a point to try to connect to them and talk to them you know yeah and you have you know if you've met some war veterans and stuff and that's just so cool, man. And like, I don't know that everybody does that. I would hope everybody that makes that connection, but like, that's what I it's, appreciate it's, about it. It's hard. To, it's hard to think, man, because you got to think we're the first. We're the first communications, first call. Yeah, we are the face of that funeral home. I don't work for that funeral home. I work for the transport service, but I'm there representing that funeral home. So True. nine times out of ten, I'm giving a better service to them than. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay. Maybe, so with that yeah. being said. Uh, I also, like I said earlier, I, I, my eyes are like a hawk. I like looking at people's lives, like looking at their house. Like, you know, a lot of these houses we go into, they're incredible. You see a lot of cool antiques. You see a lot of awesome culture items, you know, stuff like that. So when I walk into a house 
and I can clearly see this person is served. Like it's a big deal to me. Mm-hmm. And like, I make it known. I think their family, I think them, you know, if uh, I notice pictures on the wall, I'll ask about that, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and just them little touches always. And I don't do it for the clout. I don't do it for, to get the text. Yeah. But oh, like yeah, yeah, getting, sure. getting that feedback, like all the funeral home will message the boss and be like, this family just called. They said he was amazing. He took the time. He really cared about uh, this person and the family. And like, it, it, it's really good. And, yeah. and you know, and that's the other thing is like, like you said, like I, I am very social, very verbal. So like I, is and I'm not really socially uh, embarrassed or awkward. So like I can go into a place, talk to people and it's no mm-hmm. problem. Make them feel, make them feel comfortable. And I think that my last 15 years of that job helped me with that. You learn how to talk to people um, a certain way when they're disabled because mm-hmm. you have to be able to be direct and clear and not get a person confused. And, dude, it's taught me so much in, in the job that I'm in now. Sure. So being able to have conversation with people it's, and be meaningful, you know. Yeah, yeah. I talked about a lot of, like, fucked up calls and stuff like that. But a lot of the calls, majority of them are just people, hospice um, passing away in their home with their loved ones or someone dying on the toilet or dying on the bed. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's all natural and a lot of hospital stuff like, you know, um, people passing away from surgeries or, yeah, you know, sure. ICUs, emergency rooms, stuff like that. So having them moments where you, it, it makes it really worth it, especially world war two veterans, because, they're not going to be around much longer. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're they're doing very, very near, very near future. Um, so it's, it's very interesting to, to, to see that. And in, the Vietnam veterans are becoming a very popular thing now as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I see a lot of that. Yeah. My dad, yeah, we talked about that before. My dad and, um, big John Wiener, Preston's dad, you know, were involved mm-hmm. in Vietnam and, you know, I try to call those people out and I try to take a page out of your book, man. And, Make it more. You should, man. More than just especially a, for your service, and you know, a weekend yeah. shake. But I try to, I try to talk to him more and learn a little more about him. You know, as I and I think, it, I think for me, when it comes to that type of thing, is like, uh, you know, I haven't been to many houses where it's an I- Iraq or Afghanistan war veteran. Um, that type of war that where my views on that war are different from my views on Vietnam or World War Two. Something like World War II, it's it's a it's a war that was terrible, and it and it stood for something so important, and it literally changed the shape of the world. Whereas somewhere like Vietnam, was pointless and terrible. Mm-hmm. And then so when I meet World War, when I meet Vietnam veterans, it's like it's it's uh, it's it's that much harder, so to speak. When you meet a World War II veteran, it's I don't know I don't know I don't know how to say it like because. You think like Preston's talked about what John went through, like mm-hmm. coming back, um, you know how people treated him and looked at him and stuff yeah, like that. There was a lot saying. of that with with that. So when you meet them, people uh, from from Vietnam, being able to show them like support and you know and show their family that that love mm-hmm. because I I mean I guarantee they probably talked about Vietnam with their family and how they were treated when they got back you know yeah, and shit like yeah. that so showing that respect is extremely important I think yeah Service I think and what women. you're kind of what you're referencing is the argument that you know Vietnam we didn't have to be there so to speak yeah and yeah that's why so many people Where, you know 
yeah. the stand Whereas, for soldiers is you shouldn't yeah. be there. Well, I mean. Whereas like World War II, like, you know, it's, I mean, I met somebody who witnessed the, the final test of the atomic bomb. Yeah. And like, that's crazy. That's yeah. fucking insane. I met a, uh, I met a person that um, was on the beaches of Normandy that I met another person that arrived after the day after D-Day and it's just a red sea for miles and miles and being shown like journal entries and letters they wrote to their girlfriends or wives at the time. It's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Anyway. So it's a good job and it's, it's taught me a lot, even though some days I'm over it, but (laughs) that's anybody, uh, man. That's all of us at our jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude. Main thing is, man, don't be weird around death. It's going to happen to everybody, yeah. fortunately. Unless you're Elon Musk or uh, Bezos. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, shit. Well, dude, we really appreciate you uh, taking time to talk to us and, you know, being kind of candid about some of this stuff because it is awkward um, to some folks. And that's why I'll put a pretty hefty um, warning at the beginning of the episode. But. Yeah, it's it's nice to hear about this man. It kind of sheds a light on, you know, an industry, a job that I didn't know much about until you started doing it. I just figured that mm-hmm. people rolled up in a van, took the body and, you know, delivered it. And not not a van. I, I figured people just rolled up in a hearse. <laughs> Another question that's extremely common uh-huh. um, regarding cremation. A body will never be burnt with another body. Uh, okay. This yeah. isn't Germany. <laughs> World War Two era. Uh, yeah. This this is it's it's very morally wrong to do that uh-huh. and it's just it's it'll break your machine basically i mean it's not going to break your machine but it's going to wear down your machine more and it, but the the main thing is is that it's morally fucked and no one does it and there's just so many regu- regulations and you got to type in this stuff and stuff like yeah. that but it's so common is my loved one is that really all that person in that uh-huh. in that container uh-huh. I mean, I've seen a person that's 500 pounds be cremated, and it can all fit in half of a half of a container. Yeah. Then I'd see a 120 pound person fill up two boxes. It's all different. Yeah. Every, sure. All burns are different. It's really weird. Huh. But when you get cremains from anywhere, uh, you know, well, any respectable funeral home, uh, you know, <laughs> which right. is pretty much right. all of them. Um, and you get cremains, they're going to be your loved one. It's not mixed. It's not put into a big barrel, like none of that shit. Oh, that's so, good. That's good to know. I know that's like, it's like a last fact for the show, but <laughs> I just popped in my head. Cause a lot of people ask that yeah. a lot. Interesting. Oh yeah. Well, I'm sure as we continue talking about death, we may take a break from it for a little while and come back to it, but I'm sure we'll have your insight on many more episodes, man. So cool. Well, hell, I mean, this episode makes up for a lot of the shorter ones we've been doing recently. This thing will top out around, well, probably about an hour and 40, hour and 45, so. Yeah. So, real quick, I just want to add kind of a punctuation to the end of this episode. Um, After listening to the episode while doing the edit, I just want to say thank you to all you listeners for not only listening to the show in general, but also for listening to the last two episodes this one and the previous 2.30. I think it's not only important to do these last two shows to shed an interesting light on, you know, what it's like for Stephen as a mortuary driver, 
but also it's been incredibly important to take a small glimpse into Stephen as a whole. I've said this many times before. Stephen is one of the most important people to me in my life. Um, he's a very good friend of mine. And I gotta say, I've seen so much growth in him, not only over the last several years that we've been good friends, but also especially over the last year or so. And what he said, and I'll paraphrase here, but when he said that working with the dead is what gave him life, it's not only true, but that in itself is something that's truly amazing. This whole last few years has been brutal for so many of us, and the rise to glory, so to speak, that Stephen has made in the last year is something pretty wonderful. And I'm so thankful that he has found this job and also that he's really excelled in it. And he's so good at it. He's so good with people. And I'm not sure if he listens to these episodes after we post them or not. But Stephen, the world is a far better place with you in it. And I, for one, am a far better person for being able to call you a friend. And this goes without saying everybody. If you've ever had a problem that seems too heavy anytime, or if you're having a hard time right now, please ask for help. Talk to somebody you trust, your friends, your family, uh, a church, anybody you find solace in, and you can find a moment just to unload something heavy. Don't hold it in. It's really important for everyone to know that there is no shame ever in asking for help. And we've shared this phone number before, and I think it's important to share it again. The National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is 1-800-273-8255. And I think we may have mentioned this before, but something important to know. On suicidepreventionlifeline.org, there is a special announcement that says Lifeline has a new number now, 988. 988 has been designated as a new three-digit dialing code that will route callers straight to the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. And it says here that currently most people in the U.S. should be able to use that three-digit number to streamline straight to the hotline. It should be available to everybody across the U.S. starting by July 16th, 2022. Well, as always, guys, if you're on the social medias, please check us out on Instagram at PXL Paranormal on the Facebook, the Pixelated Podcast. Sorry, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast. Presto, what do you got on YouTube? We're up to like 172 subscribers now. Yeah. So we're growing. Hell yeah. And my we're growing brother, quick. My brother just subbed and he just texted me and said he was the 172nd person. Boom. Dope. So, you know what? Be like Kevin and <laughs> help grow YouTube. Get your butts over there. Like, subscribe, you know, share to all your friends. Um, you know, we, we had a, a listener message us uh, today on Facebook that, uh, you know, the episodes have gone missing on uh, Pandora. And um, I've, I've noticed a few services where, uh, like Podbean, so if you actually use Podbean to listen to your podcast. Um, we're on there, but we only have one episode. Oh, wow. But, uh, um, you know, iTunes, solid. So if, you, if you're not an Apple user, guess what? YouTube, solid. Spotify because, yeah. as well. Um, Spotify, yeah. I, got, I, I have all the Spotify, boom. 
Um, on YouTube, I have all the videos up except for the news episodes that have don't have a generalized topic. So all the heavy hitting shows like this one, um, as soon as the audio gets produced, never fear, it'll be up and it'll be on YouTube and you can listen to it right away. Um, so, you know, let's keep growing and, uh, you know what, do your part. I'm going to be like uncle Sam and <laughs> point the finger, finger at you. And then, you know what, think to yourself, you know, one day you're going to be in the back of, uh, you know, the Ecto one or, you know, Steve's van. And if you don't want to sting up the joint, uh, and you got a beard, you should go <laughs> over to big Dobbs beard, use promo code P X L P A R A. For 20% off your order, because the only thing on you that won't stink is your face, because beard Do- Big Dobbs Beard Bomb smells fucking amazing. You have uh, Bay Rum, Dundee Cedar, Sweet, uh, Tobacco, Fresh, Citrus, Mint, and Classic. And Barrel Age. Sometimes he throws back the Barrel Age, and I still have a bottle of that, and mm-hmm. that's the fucking tits right there. So, <laughs> do yourself a favor, go over to Dobbs, and you know get it all for your beard. And for Steve. <laughs> Hell yeah. Show. Um, to touch on the other streaming services, we're working on getting that fixed. Um, we're working on transitioning things over um, from Mark being our host as far as posting all the shows over to us to where we'll be in control of that. And I will get with Mark and figure out why we've fallen off uh, some of those services. It could be something simple like we just have to refresh the feed. I just need to talk to Mark about that and look and see if that's something easy to fix. But uh, we're working on getting that taken care of as well so all right and finally if you're in the wichita area please stop by see our dear friend leslie and the rest of the gang over at cd trade post at pawnee and seneca and with my dog snoring in the background i would like to say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us would love to talk about it and stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway the cast that Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange.